another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing welcome to another episode of and another thing the podcast that continues to set records around the world and then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. That's that's me breaking a record. I'm Tony Clement. <laughs> no, see, no, no, you're you're like you're like siding with Steve Paikin now on the, in the comedy area. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like the records are actual. The records again for the final time. We're not talking about vinyl records. Okay. We're talking about literal established records in different sectors i.e most listeners most downloads most hours listened to so okay all right i'm i'm excited about that Thank all right you. yeah 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 sure man sure and so i did the last show by myself because yes. you basically hung me out to dry uh, uh, <laughs> i was on vacay oh before we get into your vacation as always big shout out to our supporting presenting and founding sponsor, uh, Municipal Solutions, John Mutton and the team there. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And Tony, I know that you have a little bit to share about them. Yeah, no, they're they're great, uh, Jody. They're they've been a, such a loyal sponsor for months now, and um, of course, they have a product. That's they're not advertising just for fun. They they have products that are available to our listenership, including if you need uh, a development approved or a permit expedited. Or if you need, have need of planning services with municipalities or engineering services or architectural services, if you have a minor variance or a land severance, and as I mentioned, building permits, uh, just go to municipalsolutions.ca. They've got it all for you. Also, don't forget you can find exclusive content, including our podcast, episodes you won't hear anywhere else, simply by going to looneypolitics.com. Use the code podcast and you will get 50% off an annual subscription. And again, you will have access to content that you cannot get anywhere else. You have to be a subscriber. Looneypolitics.com should also mention too, that if you are a business owner or you work for a business that you feel might be interested in being a part of this show, please reach out to us. You can email us at andanotherthingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've got some great opportunities, very affordable opportunities, and we would love to chat with you about what we can do for your business. And last but not least, we are proud to be a part of the MNC Podcast Network. Jordan Mercier and the crew there doing an amazing job, and we're, uh, we're really excited to be a part of this group. And you're going to see some new things being rolled out on our social media and through the show. But getting back to you, Tony, so you, you leave me high and dry last <laughs> week because you're out in two places I've never even heard of, Fogo and Tilting Island or Fogo Island and Tilting Newfoundland or something. Well, the, the, the second half of the trip was in St. John's, and I can talk to that. But the first yeah, but half... You didn't post anything about St. John's. It yes, was all I did. About, like, Fogo Island and Tilting. Is that like where the excessively wealthy go when they're in yeah. Newfoundland? <laughs> well, or? Fogo Island is the largest island off uh, Newfoundland, and um, for a while now, there's been a quite a lovely hotel slash inn there that was uh, created by 
this entrepreneurial uh, woman who um, sold a bunch of shares in JDL Uniphase and made a p- piss pot of money. And she she basically rolled it back into the island, created this inn, this, uh, this wonderful uh, place to stay, and then used it as a way to sort of recall and educate people about the culture, the historical culture of uh, being a cod fisher or, you know, being uh, a person who quilted or whatever they did on the island in the, in the quote, olden days. And uh, in doing so, she was able to hire uh, a lot of the locals and because there wasn't much going on when they closed the cod fishery. So uh, it's been great for the island. And, uh, you know, we, we basically, Lynn and I, my wife and I stayed in luxury accommodation there, which was kind of nice because we hadn't been away for a couple of years together uh, due to the COVID thing. And um, yeah, we learned a lot about the history of the island and uh, the history of Newfoundland in general because of this cultural experience we had. Yeah, I, I figured it was like an upper crust kind of place to be hanging out. Not that you're completely upper crust, but it seemed like one of those spots where I'm sure like when you went out for dinner, you didn't order a burger and fries. It was more like, could I get a shattered <laughs> beef with slivered patats? You know, kind of like that kind of thing. We, we actually didn't go out for dinner at all on the island because it was, uh, the, the, the dining area at the Fogo Island Inn had spectacular cuisine, a lot of it locally sourced. Uh, and uh, so it was just spectacular. We didn't, we didn't feel the need to go elsewhere, but we, we would hire like a local driver who would drive us around the island. There are um, the, the same charity that runs the inn, because this, this was all charitable, uh, the same charity that runs the inn also runs uh, four um, artist studios in different parts of the island. So they built artist studios and artists can come in there and, and sculpt or paint or, or write. Uh, and uh, so we took a tour just to see the artist studios because the, the architecture was spectacular. So lots to see there and, and, you know, learned a little bit about the cod fishery and you know, how that worked. And uh, apparently Fogo Island cod was the best cod around and all of these things. So, uh, oh, and uh, the, the inn, uh, Jody, was uh, the, the nearest community was, wasn't tilting. It was Joe Bat's Arm was the name of the Joe Bat's arm, Joe Bat's arm. And, <laughs> okay. and, and Jose Batista actually showed up one day and had his picture taken next to the big sign that says Joe Bat's arm. Joey Bats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but let's just be clear. It wasn't named after. No, Joe no. It was like Jose a couple Batista. of hundred years old name. I don't know. But, you know Maybe it was, maybe it was prophetic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they've got a big picture of him next to the big, welcome to Joe Bat's arm. And there's Joey Bats. That's hilarious. So yeah. this hotel, is this the Jag Hotel? Is that the one? No, that the Jag was in St. John's. Okay. And that is a rock and roll themed hotel. So the guy, the hotelier that built it ha- had a huge art collection of mostly Rolling Stones, some Iggy Pop, some David Bowie, some Bob Marley, some Aretha Franklin, et cetera, et cetera, The Clash, The Ramones. And so he created a, a themed hotel, a rock and roll themed hotel called Jag for obvious reasons. And the funny thing was 
uh, you know, I was looking around at everything, right? And not a single Beatles photograph, like nothing. So I finally went up to the concierge one day. I said, is this a Beatles free zone or something? Or <laughs> she said, yeah, no, the owner doesn't like the Beatles. So <laughs> there's no Beatles, even though it's supposed to be a rock and roll hotel. Anyway, Any I thought, Canadian I, stuff? Yeah, I think there was a uh, painting of Gord Downey near the, the lobby registration. I think there was some Neil Young, a painting of Neil Young, a painting of, I think, Joni Mitchell. They had a kind of a, uh, right behind the registration desk, they had a, a collage kind of thing of like, I think 18 or 20 rock and roll stars. Joni was in that. So there, there was some Canadian content. And why didn't you bring like a watercolor of the dock spiders that you could have secretly <laughs> hung up or something? I should have just, I should have just brought a nail and a hammer and nailed it. Somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. Actually the one picture you posted of, I, I don't know if it was your room or some room, but I thought the table there was a mixtape. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Oh, you saw that? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, they had this, uh, that was in the lobby area of this mixtape. Uh, oh, that was cool. In the shape of a mixtape. That was, I would was love really that cool. Uh, Lynn found the hotel and uh, I thanked her profusely because it was just right up my alley. And of course, <laughs> the funny thing was a former guest uh, of ours, uh, Peter McKay, was staying at the same hotel. So Yeah, we, so uh, explain how that like what happens? You come down in the lobby and there's Peter or no. you knew that he was going to be there? Or? No, it was through social media. So uh, there's this uh, uh, Tory activist called Rhonda McMeekin who lives in St. John's. And uh, when she saw me posting that I was in St. John's, she said, oh, you'd never, I, I, I know that Peter McKay is here too, because he was posting stuff. So I just emailed Peter and said, hey, you know, let's get together for breakfast or something. He said, yeah, sure. I'm staying at the Jag Hotel. And I said, that's where I'm staying. So we got together with him and with Senator David Wells was also there, a conservative senator from Newfoundland. And uh, we had a good old time. And did Peter say anything about me? Um, he said, he, he said, uh, look, uh, he said, I, I, I'm, I know I'm you're lying. You. No, I know you're lying. I'm going to talk to you, <laughs> but, but please don't say anything to Jody. Cause I really don't want to hear from him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Peter? Yeah. That's, uh, okay. Okay. That's how it's going to be. Well, you're on the naughty list now though. <laughs> you and, uh, let's see who else actually, let me get my list out. Yeah. Here. You got a long list now. there. It's Christmas is coming. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to write it down here because he's right. I'm putting him right under Stephen Lecce. Peter <laughs> McKay. There, done. You well, snooze, we, you lose. You have okay. a list. But it was it was a nice hotel, and um, we just sort of hung around St. John's. We had no real, uh, you know, agenda. We went to, they've got a wonderful museum and art gallery called The Rooms, which basically tells the history of Newfoundland and uh uh, as well as having an art gallery. So that was uh, interesting and learned a little bit along the way. And uh, then just had some fine dining in, in St. John's while we were there too. So that fine was a good dining. Fine yeah. dining. Um, hmm. How often did you get uh, asked for your VAX passport? That happened a lot? Um, well, certainly we had to register with the Newfoundland government before okay. we got on the plane Okay, uh, and share our... Vax passport information. Okay. And then when we landed, uh, then on the plane, uh, they were very strict about masking. Like, you know, the minute they saw your fork down, if you were having a meal, 
they were on you for putting your mask and back we know in. we know how much you love masks and i love so masks so i love masks oh yes they're so amazing uh so uh uh, and they'd actually check, the Air Canada flight attendant would check to make sure the mask was above your nose, you're above your nostrils. Like, oh, my God. I know, I know, it's brutal. And then when we landed, there was a perfunctory check. Uh, you had to show um, the confirmation from the Newfoundland government that you were allowed to enter, and then you just entered. And, and then pretty well everywhere we went, we had to show our, our QR code. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. For it's sure. funny. I, I've been to a couple establishments now where I've never even been asked. So yeah, uh, no, I, that's happened to me a couple times in Ontario. But uh, no, they were they were pretty uh, pretty on it in Newfoundland. I'd have to say, um, and um, it you know it. But then there's gray areas. Like we hired a guy to drive us from Fogo Island to St. John's. Okay. Okay. So because like. We thought that that would actually be more reasonable than renting a car, which is insanely expensive nowadays. Yes, so, I've heard that. Yeah, so so we hired a guy, great guy, his name is Bruce, and typical Newfoundlander, he talked our ear off from the moment <laughs> we got into the car to the moment he dropped us off in front of the hotel. He had stories, he had yarns, he had, you know, you name it, and, you know, uh, he's a stranger, not part of my, but we, we didn't, we got rid of the masks. It was a four hour drive. So, so, so he talked a lot. Like, are you saying you didn't like the fact that Bruce talked a lot or you were, you enjoyed it? He gave a lot of information, Jody. Uh, oh, wow. You're being very political. You didn't like it. Wow. <laughs> it just was a little bit much. Well, you I know? hope he's Bruce, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> Tony's opinion it doesn't reflect the show. No, and no, no. Uh, he doesn't speak for me. No, no, no. It was uh, it was all uh, we learned about what he thought of Danny Williams and what he thought of the Ma- Muskrat Falls uh, hydroelectric dam, and <laughs> uh, you know, there's a part of just outside of St. John's that uh, that Danny Williams, the former premier, has now become a land developer for, and it's, it's nicknamed Danny Land, and he told us all about that story. He had all these great stories, political stories, as well as historical stories about, you know, the Bonavista Bay or, or whatever, right? Um, and how he, as a kid, he used to fish here or, or uh, you know, dive for squid there or whatever. But um, uh, it, was, uh, it was four straight hours, yeah. <laughs> well, from now on, if anyone on our show is talking too much, I'm going to just say, "Hey, you're pulling a Bruce. You need you're to ease Bruce, back. Yeah. <laughs> you need to just ease up a little." But bit. they're they're so friendly. I mean, I know that's uh, that's something that everybody says, but Newfoundlanders are just great people, and uh, they like to tell their stories, and they let, that's how they keep their culture alive. Although Lynn and I came to the conclusion, like on Fogo. They're, you know, they're telling you the story of the fishery and and the story of what it was like to live in a one room shack, basically, in a lot of these places. Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's the thing about progress. Right. Like you want to remember the past, but you don't want to actually relive the past. No. It, it was a hard, hard life. And yeah. yeah, a unique culture sprang from that. And there's songs and the art and and just the way of life. But no, no one wants to live like that anymore. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I've only been to Newfoundland once. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Really, really liked my time there. So it's uh, definitely would recommend anybody go check it out if you have the opportunity. So, 
Yeah, and uh, and as, as I say, I mean, uh, Fogo Island was a very different experience. I'd only been around the St. John's area before uh, several times as a politician, but I'd never really gone f- much much farther afield than that. So this this was really a a, a really good uh, good education, I must say. Okay, let's uh, let's transition into a topic. I just wanted to quickly. Uh, discuss something that's happening in my own backyard here, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. So I think the province of Ontario has eased outdoor restrictions quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I know that they've eased uh, capacity limits for indoor settings based on having a Vax Pass. Um, We've seen that, obviously, at Leaf Games and Raptors Games and, you know, junior hockey, et cetera, et cetera. Well, here in the beautiful city community of Quinty West, okay? The powers that be have decided that they cannot have the Santa Claus parade, that it's much too dangerous and difficult to enforce for an outdoor Santa Claus parade in Quinty West. This will be the second year in a row with no Santa Claus parade. It's totally bizarre. I don't get it. They did the same thing in Brampton. Uh, Patrick Brown was tweeting about how ridiculous it was that there was no Santa Claus parade in Brampton. And here's the weird thing, Jody, and and I'd like you to know this and our listeners to know this. Uh, In in, in Muskoka, Huntsville canceled their parade and uh, Bala as well, and then Port Carling, they all did. And then Bracebridge grandly announced that they're going ahead with their Santa Claus parade. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering, like, obviously, the chief medical officer of health for uh, Simcoe Muskoka must have signed off on it. So why was everybody else not doing a Santa Claus parade? And now Bracebridge is probably going to have three times the number of kids out and about for their Santa Claus parade because it's the only game in town. Yeah, and I I can't. I, I like honestly, I'm to the point now with this type of thing where I can't even bite my tongue because earlier this summer in Belleville, which is just down the road from Quinney West, which I'm, I know you're familiar with, we had the um, carnival or the the midway come through, and in the midst of the summer, that was you know they had capacity, but it was like literally hundreds of people, and there wasn't a lot of social distancing going on. There wasn't a lot of mask wearing going on. No. And it's outside, right? And it's outside. And the Santa Claus parade, in my opinion, unless you have people stacked like eight, 10 deep, you know, you're going to have, I think you'd have more people spread out um, in front of their homes, in front of different viewing areas. But it's just, there's just no consistency. Like, uh, again, I look at that midway. If I had taken pictures and showed you that and versus what they want to do for the Santa Claus parade, you go, well, why can't you have the Santa Claus parade? Like, makes no sense at all. No, it, it doesn't. And uh, look, I think we have we learned anything out of the last 20 months about COVID? I think we have. We, we've learned it's, a, it's dip more difficult to contract COVID outdoors than it is indoors. I thought we had learned that. And so I, I just don't understand why there would still would be, you know, this hesitancy. Look, I understand hesitancy. It's not for everybody. And maybe if you want to go to the Santa Claus parade, you want to get double masked or whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. But you shouldn't keep canceling events like this, in my opinion. No. And then, I mean, even Bonnie Crombie, uh, Mayor Crombie came out the other day and they just announced, I'm pretty sure that their New Year's Eve events are fully on. Good. So, 
It just makes no yeah, sense. I know. To me. So what's the difference? I, know. Yeah, I, know. I just don't understand it. Yeah. And Ugh. that's the thing that that see, this is the thing that erodes confidence in leadership and quite frankly in science, because everybody's saying we have to follow the science, we have to follow the science. And then these totally contradictory things are announced. And people just throw up their hands and say, I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand the logic, right? Yeah, it's, it, you, you can't even have conversations about it anymore. I was talking to someone the other day, and, and, and I'll ask you this question, Tony, you might know, but do you know the actual percentage in the, our entire country of people that have actually contracted COVID over the last, whatever, what has it been, 20 months? 20 months or so. I could figure it out. Uh, you probably have it at your fingertips. I know what it Come. is, but give me, like, what do you think it is? Okay, I'd say, uh, let's see, whatever 200,000 is out of 38 million. So, Well, no, more people than that got COVID. Okay. It's so, it's it's under 5%. It's like 4.4%. 4.4%. So I think it's 1.2 million people contracted 1.2 million, COVID. okay. Yeah. yeah. But think about, but on it, like, and this is where my, my brain comes in. Again, not, not, I'm not dismissing severity of cases i'm not dismissing the ability for it to transmit i i, I think it is a highly transmissible disease <clears throat> or virus but let's just be realistic here less than five percent do you know what the chances of encountering someone with covid are based on those numbers it's it's very small right yeah like, yeah it's like that's that's and, my and yet everybody who is listening to this knows someone who had covid how many actually i know but how many do you know how many people do you know i literally know four people that had covid now i know more in than canada that. yeah i know more than that for sure yeah. for sure in fact you come from you know people in more densely populated yeah areas. i mean I, I i business that i'm involved in um the the ceo wanted to go to to holland to as part of the business and uh, just had to do the PCR test as as uh, advanced to go, and then found out he had COVID. Yeah, yeah. no idea, <laughs> right? So then he couldn't do the trip. So, but I mean, like, look at Aaron Rodgers. He, of course, he's gotten into a little bit of hot water now with some of his comments, and he got COVID. Sidney Crosby just had COVID. Yeah. Like, it's just there's no question that it won't be long before the fully vaccinated individuals have the majority of cases, which based on the majority of numbers that have the vaccine, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's yeah. like, I'll be interested to see how the messaging shifts. Cause is it now, is it now a pandemic of the fully vaccinated? Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's just, <laughs> I don't, I, I liked, I, uh, I didn't see all of Aaron Rodgers' comments, but the comment that I did see basically said a pox on all your houses. Uh, this is not, you know, I'm, I'm not going, going on CNN. I'm not going on Fox news. It's all a bunch of baloney about the politics and uh, I'm, I'm just living my life. Or ba- exactly. Or which is the way it should be. Yeah. BC in the United States in particular, it's very politicized. It's red or blue, uh, depending upon your your political faith, is how you see the pandemic and you, how you see the virus. Here, uh, it's a little bit less so that. I think there's more of a consensus on how to deal with it, although there are d- dissidents on that as well. But it's not like the U.S. where it's 50-50. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, anyway, <clears throat> man, we could... Uh... I could go on for hours about this, but well, I won't we do have, that. and you know, it's it's just you know we're still talking about it because it's you pathetic know. that we're still talking about it. Yeah, it's ad so. Do you think actually last question then? You know, uh, Premier Ford came out and their plan to escape or you know their plan out of this is March twenty eighth. 
uh, potentially some different dates earlier for some other lifting. Do you do you think it's it, will it be around that date, or do you think that's wishful thinking? No, I think it will be. Uh, I think that he wants that all behind him before the election in June. Okay. So I think that's definitely his plan. And uh, I don't, uh, you and I have talked about this. I don't care about the numbers anymore. I don't care no. whether it's 300 or 500 or 700 who have COVID per day in Ontario. I look at the ICU numbers and the ICU numbers are fine. You know, I, yeah. I guess one is too many. If I were a politician, I'd say that. But 130 ICU cases right now, as as of this recording, versus 160 a few weeks ago, uh, the trend is in the right direction. So that's all I care about. Yeah, no, and I I agree. But you know as well as I do that there will be a vocal group that once those cases start going up and up even more, which they've started. And you know, I, I'm I I follow a gentleman named Golden Pop on Twitter, who does you know very good statistical analysis and data and and. He's very, you know, Joe, uses all the government's Gold, info. Golden Puff? Yeah, Golden Pup. Pup, P-U-P. Golden Pup. Uh, yeah, pup. and he uses okay. all the government's information, and his data is showing, but he, again, he's not in favor of lockdowns or any of that stuff, but his data is showing that by the week of November 27th, we'll be close to 1,000 cases a day, which, again, like you said, I don't care. Because yeah. as long as the stress on our healthcare system is low and ICU numbers and hospitalizations, I, I that's fine. Which whole, I think is what we're going to see. Look, the whole thing, the the whole thing, Jody, the way it was sold to the public was get your vaccine and we can live as normal a life as possible. So if the rule then changes that it's you got your vaccine, but it's still going to be the same old horrible life that we had in 2020, I, I think there will be a lot of reaction to that. Yeah, but that's that's kind of where we're headed, though. <laughs> I, I don't, like. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. I mean... The the rest of the world isn't doing that, or the developing no, no, world. I, anyway. I, hey, you're not telling me. Uh... I'm I'm going to Florida for a business conference in a couple of weeks, and I, I will come back and report on what it's like to be in Florida during this pandemic too. I'm sure a lot of people who are listening maybe may have gone to Florida already, but it'll be very interesting to go to a live business conference and see what's going on there. Well, you know, it's funny you say Florida, and I've got some friends that. Uh, we, you know, fully vaxxed and everything. And I wanted to go to Florida in January for the PGA show and they don't want to go. And like, I, I just sit there and I go like, what the heck? It's like, well, at what point, as you yeah. just said, at what point do you start, you know, going back to normal because we're all fully dosed or whatever. But And that was the, that was the deal. Get, get yeah. your vaccine and it could be back to normal. So, so anyway. Yeah. Anyway, maybe it'll be just me. Maybe it'll just be you and me going to Florida. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to Munich in December. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Germany. Well, I think we all are going to Munich, aren't we? <laughs> what? Isn't Munich the place to be? It is. Did you get me a ticket? Of course not. No. No. Why would you do that? What, for Munich? Yeah. You're welcome to come with me if you want. Well, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to go to a, 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 a conference with Stephen Harper. Oh, of course you are. Of course of I course am. You are. All right. Well, I guess this is it for this episode. Thanks again to <laughs> John Mutton and the crew at Municipal Solutions for their continued support. Also, don't forget to check out looneypolitics.com and use the code podcast for 50% off your annual subscription. And a big shout out to the team at MNC Podcast Networks, which we are proudly a part of. I guess we're like the flagship show for them right now. Of course, that could change. But... Yeah, that could change. Hopefully, <laughs> I think they have other content, though, don't they, Jody? 
Yeah, yeah, they got a couple other podcasts yeah. that they're working with, but I think that uh, I think getting us was a big coup. Well, so. well, we thank Travis for his service again. I know you did that last week, but uh, uh, thank you for your service, Travis. And uh, but we're, we're delighted to be on MNC for sure. All right, we'll do this again in seven days. Yes, we will.